It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Shoots and scores! Tomas Hurdle hits the jackpot! You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide. Brought to you by Coors Light. Scores! 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 Logan Couture wins it in overtime! Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Face off, face off, guy waved out. Joanne in control by San Jose. Good save by Allen on Carlson from distance. Carlson again. Waits, shoots, deflected, scores, off a skate and in. As Eric Carlson from the blue line makes it 3 nothing, San Jose. It's, it's been a learning curve. It's obviously been since last year. And, uh, you know, we've had our ups and downs in that department. I think that, uh, um, you know, coming back, it has to start with your leadership group and, and uh, um, keeping that room together, keeping that room ready and fighting for each other. And, uh, um you know, we, we've, we've, we've come a long way when we talk about uh, you know, holding a, a certain standard um, and, and accountability and culture, and I think the guys have bought it. I, uh, I really do. I think that uh, and it starts with your you know, your leadership group, and, and we, we named Mario assistant captain there last week, and he's sort of the connector between the old guys and the young guys, and I think that, uh, you know, I think we got a little bit of everything going on right now, and the young guys have definitely stepped up. Another example with Delene tonight, um, you know, just uh, um, they're giving us everything they have, and, and they're helping us win games. All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tide. And uh, wow, I mean, what a difference an offseason makes. And I know that you're tempted to say, hey, Ted, let's not overreact. Let's not forget about what happened in year XYZ or whatever. Like, I, Listen, I don't care. All I know is that the Sharks not once last year, and I don't think once in the 2019-2020 season, had a game like that. The San Jose Sharks hammered Montreal right now early and often. And listen, I know Montreal is in a bad stretch right now. They don't have Carey Price. He's going through his own stuff right now, and I wish him nothing but the best. And I know that having that happen right before the start of the season when you lose your most important player, that takes a lot of wind out of your sails. And listen, I, you know, I, I respect Montreal. And again, I, I recognize they're not at their peak right now. They're not what they were last year when they were going into the Stanley Cup final and the hottest team on planet Earth until they ran into the buzzsaw that was Tampa. But... Listen, the Sharks just hammered Montreal, hammered them. I didn't see anything like that at all last year. And there were a couple of things like, A, the fact that the Sharks jumped out to a, a lead. Whenever they jumped out to a lead last year, they would bleed goals. And I think bleed is an understatement. They would hemorrhage goals. They would get up and then they would get the slightest bit of resistance and they would all fall apart right in front of us. And listen, I don't think this is some hot take. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just commenting on what I saw last year when I watched the Sharks. They would get up, whether by one, better by two, whatever it was, and they would bleed, bleed, bleed. And all of a sudden it was just a mess everywhere. And you're like, oh my God, what happened? This was a good game. The other thing to notice in the early comparisons from last year to this year, of which we are going to be making many, is the fact that the second period has not been problematic. In fact, the second period in game number one is when the Sharks got themselves back into it. And the second period tonight 
when Montreal did show a great bit of pushback, that's when San Jose played really good hockey and Aiden Hill came up with some huge saves and they made some big defensive stops and they played smart, team, cohesive hockey. That didn't exist a year ago and I don't think it existed the year before early 2019-2020 when things had to stop uh, you know, prematurely due to the pandemic. What we're watching right now with the Sharks, we have not seen for a bit. And I think that is very, very encouraging. And yes, of course I'm overreacting. Of course it's two games, but it's hard not to overreact when you see Eric Carlson getting into a fight for his teammates. When it took, what, like 20 games for the Sharks last year to get their first big fight to really stand up for each other? Right now, the dressing room is fighting for each other. Those guys are all locked in and it's happening out there on the ice. And these guys have embraced that, what's the term, the wolf pack mentality that Bob Bugner's been talking about. Like, that hasn't been happening by accident. This was clearly a point of contention that Bob Bugner and his staff had last year that the guys were not all on the same page. And it, it, we'll get into a little bit later. It's something that Logan Gers talked about is how good the chemistry is with the team right now. But for the San Jose Sharks, everything is trending in the right direction. And I, I think it's just important to notice that two of the big issues we saw last year, that when the Sharks would get a lead, it would feel like they would collapse. Or in the second period, they would collapse all the more just obviously. And you're seeing corrections from a year ago. You're seeing a rectification. Now, a big part of that, and I don't want to go any further without bringing this up, is Aiden Hill, whose play in the first two games has been phenomenal for the Sharks. And again, I'm not trying to dump on Martin Jones, but Martin Jones was not as good as he needed to be. He let in too many soft goals. He did not stop the pucks he was supposed to stop, nor did he come up with the big saves when he needed to. If you let in some soft goals, but you come up with the big saves, you can make up for it, right? But all those things were going up against Martin Jones in the past couple of years. Not only did Aiden Hill last night make the big saves, he didn't let in any soft goals either, and he rewarded his team with high-quality play, just as his team around him rewarded him. And that is a relationship that has to exist because the guys out there, if they feel they're going to go out there and do everything right only to watch their goalie let in a soft goal, that takes away from a team emotionally and vice versa. If a goalie does everything right for his team and makes the big saves only to see them play lazy or lackadaisical defense and put him in a bad position, that's going to wear on him as well. So right now, I am 100% willing to accept and embrace the fact that the Sharks are in the honeymoon phase because everything is going the way that we've talked about it needing to go. Again, Montreal is not what they were last year in the spring and early summer, and there's a variety of factors for that. But that's the point. If the Sharks want to be a successful team in the NHL, they've got to be right there and willing to take advantage of that opportunity when it is presented to them. Montreal not at their best? Hammer them. Winnipeg not ready for the pushback you're going to bring in the second period? Hammer them. Go up 4-2 on a game where you were down 2-0. Score two goals in the first few minutes and then go up 3-0 by the end of the first period. Those are the type of things that you need to take advantage of. Those are the opportunities that the last two years the Sharks had no ability to take care of. And when I say no ability, I mean no ability. I mean, there were games last year where the Sharks would knock and knock and knock, and it looked like they were going to break through, and then they just never did, and then they would collapse. 
and you'd see it time and time again, or it looked like they were doing everything right only to completely fall apart defensively and put Martin Jones in a bad position or where Martin Jones would make a poor decision and let in a soft goal or not make the big stop or whatever it was and would cause things to fall apart. And listen, I understand that things are going to be hard at some point this year, which is not to imply they haven't been hard already, but the Sharks are getting hard-fought wins, and they are outplaying the opposition through two games. And you've got to rack up these wins because there is going to be pushback, and there are going to be problems, and the Sharks are going to run into a cold stretch, whatever it is. However, things are going along pretty nicely right now. Things with the Sharks look cohesive, and it's easy to say that when you're winning because when you're winning, you're smiling. Winning does not cure everything, but to quote the great American football coach of John Madden, winning is a great deodorant. It takes the stink away, and it can keep the stink at bay. And the Sharks did not have that last year. They did not have that the year before last. Like, I... I remember that game against Arizona in game in game number one last year. They came out hot, and then they fell apart in the second period, and they got an overtime win before losing game two. What, the Sharks lost the first three games of the 2019-2020 season before they went to Chicago and signed Patty Marlowe and got a two-goal game from him, and they got their first win of the year, but already there was some panic setting in? I think things right now feel very, very different for the San Jose Sharks, and I, you know, I can't even remember when the Sharks you know, won two games in a row last year. It didn't happen very often. I mean, I know it occurred, at least I think it did, but it didn't happen very often. I mean, there's a there's a lot to feel good about right now because you haven't had these good emotions in a long time. And it's not just that young guys like Jonathan Dolan are coming forward with huge performances and stepping up to the plate and doing amazing things. You got a three-point game from Eric Carlson. You got a three-point game from Timo Meyer. Those are two guys that need to be huge players for the Sharks. Two-point game from Logan Couture. Jonathan Dolan with the two goals, like I mentioned, he's got two points. Burn to the point. Nieto with a point. LeBanc with a point. Ferraro with a point. Eklund with a point. That's massive. It's massive because you're getting contributions across the board because in game one, it was Cogliano, it was Hurdle, it was Balsers, it was Weatherby, but you also had Eric Carlson coming in with assist, and you also had Logan Couture and Brent Burns. Like this, this to me is huge. We've talked about it time and time again. If the Sharks are going to be successful, they need their best players to be their best players. And too often last year, it was guys going out and playing hero hockey. There were small stretches where the team played cohesively. But I will say right now that what we've seen through the first two games of this year, the Sharks not once looked this good last year. Not once. And yes, the deck was totally stacked against them, but they didn't look like this. Timo Meyer was not flying around like this and being aggressive and making things happen. Brent Burns never looked quite this comfortable. Eric Carlson was not this aggressive. Everything right now that the Sharks are doing is lending itself to the feeling that things were better for having a real training camp under Bob Bugner's system. Guys are more on the same page as everyone else. You're having your young players put in oppositions where they can succeed, young and new players as well, because you talk about Cogliano, you talk about Benino, you talk about all the things you needed, and you know, you've got the goaltending going your way. And I know that's an oversimplification, but it's hard not to notice these things. It's hard not to go through an entire season where you say to yourself, okay, 
We see the same problem over and over and over again. Who's going to step up and fix it? Well, right now, while there are 80 games left to play, the Sharks, through two games, have taken what appear to be steps to fix those problems. Nothing bigger than the goaltending, and now they're capitalizing upon upon the great goaltending. I, I, off the top of my head, I don't remember shutout for last year. That's That's not something I can remember happening. So this is a step in the right direction. You've got two games already from Aiden Hill, and he's only given up three goals. I mean, that's going to help your goals against average. That's going to help your save percentage. That's going to get your statistics more in line with what you need to have success in the NHL, which for the past few seasons, the Sharks have not had. And again, I am not putting this all on the previous netminders in San Jose because the defense was also an issue. But... I think that the Sharks are making the necessary adjustments. And I think you saw, in addition to things being a little bit more simplified tonight, because I think Bob Bugner probably said to Eric Carlson and Brent Burns specifically, like, hey, stop trying to make the home run pass. Go for the more simple things. And I think you saw that a little bit more on display. And it's something I talked with, with Drew Remenda about, that when things aren't going well out there, you need to simplify. And I feel like the Sharks are playing a more direct and simplified game out there on the ice and it's lending to success. I mean, let's talk about the fact that they won the special teams battle in game number one of the season, and let's talk about the fact that they won the special teams battle again tonight. Two out of four on the power play, and they killed both the penalties. And if you do that, if you win the special teams battle, and if you perform and play to your team's strengths, you're going to get a better level of result. I don't think there's anything shocking about that. I don't think there's anything surprising about that. I think that's we all know the Sharks need to do. They need to play to their strengths. And I don't know that they weren't playing to their strengths last year, but the team never looked on the same page. There were clearly problems on the ice. There were problems in the dressing room that we may or may not be able to point to. And, I, you know, that goes beyond what I am privy to. But right now, things appear to be clicking and things appear to be working for the San Jose Sharks. And one of the fun things about watching Aiden Hill, and I'll encourage you to watch this in the next game, because I don't know, they might put Reimer in there for Thursday night, or or they might ride with Hill again and play the hot hand. But when I'm watching Hill, his mechanics and everything, it's just so snappy and assertive and fast and fresh. He looks, I mean, he's huge. Obviously, that's a big part of it. He's a large, large man. But everything he's, that he's doing, it looks very... It's to plan. It's not by accident. It is not by, you know, the seat of his pants. This all looks like it's going according to the plan of what Aiden Hill walks into these games thinking he has to do and doing what he needs to do. It all looks very, not necessarily robotic, but it almost looks automatic. He's almost mechanical with his mechanics, which I know sounds a little redundant, but it it's very snappy. It's very, very impressive. And you look at this team and you're thinking to yourself, man, where was this previously? Where was this team? Why did it not exist last year? And I guess the only thing you can say is that there is a passage of time. There is a recognition of what the problems are. There is a learning process that happens for Bob Bugner, that happens for Logan Couture, that happens for all the players on the team. And things are different right now. And I know there's a lot of people who want to try and point to the situation with Evander Kane And I understand that that's out there and it's something that we are not privy to in terms of the dynamic and the dressing room. But 
I don't think it's that simple to say, oh, one guy was the problem, and that's why the team wasn't performing well. Because I don't, I don't buy that in the slightest. Because last year, Evander Kane was their best player, and I don't think that that type of a problem would arise from a guy who was putting forth that kind of an effort. I think guys have problems with other players when they feel that there's not the effort being put forth. I mean, sometimes guys don't get along with everybody, but... You know, I, I can't I can't look at a guy who's giving a good effort night to night and say that that guy is the problem why everything wasn't working. His attitude may not have been helping things, but I can't say that he was the problem. You never get better by taking talent off the ice. But clearly right now, things are jiving in a positive direction. Things are overall going well for the Sharks, and you want to see it continue in that way. All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we are going to get into some post-game reaction. You're on Morning Tide. Now, how about some Coors Light? That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. As they've had trouble scoring, which we've already talked about, and they're down by 2-0 at home very early on. Mike Hoffman going at it. Was that with Eric Carlson? They've got a beat that goes back three or four years. Now Carlson exchanging punches with Brendan Gallagher. And this is Gallagher, I think, in a... Sits trying to get his teammates going here and get them mentally engaged as Gallagher is grabbed onto by the linesman now. And there's Hoffman, and he doesn't want anything to do with Jake Middleton. I, I like this response by the Sharks. It was kind of a tough hit there uh, along their boards. Yeah, you saw guys playing for each other at the end, Simmer, Bob, and Shots, and the bench was uh, was energized. And I, th- I mean, guys, guys want to play for each other. And that's something that lacked last year. We, we have the the bond in the room right now. And I mean, it's easier when things are going well, but uh, I like our group. Um, and Aiden played really, really well. He made that save, I want to say, on Anderson in the second on that breakaway, which is a big point of the game. And that energized us again. And we got that fourth goal. So he was excellent. All right. Welcome back. You're on Morning Tide. I want to point out something that Couture said there that I think everyone should listen to again. The bench was uh, was energized, and I, th- I mean, guys, guys want to play for each other, and that's something that lacked last year. We- and I know that some people will say, oh, well, again, that's because right now Kane's not there, but no, 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 no. Logan Couture is the captain. The, the fact that guys weren't playing for each other to the same extent that they are this year, that doesn't speak well of Logan Couture, and he's owning it right now. As the captain, that is his job to address address problems within the dressing room, within the team. And right now, he's got guys fighting for each other. And right now, he's got the mentality on the bench that he needs to see from his guys. And I will, I will go back to some of the things that I saw during the season last year when I was at some Sharks home games. And, you know, everything is amplified that happens out there on the ice and the bench because you... There's nothing to drown out the noise. There aren't almost 18,000 people in there keeping you from hearing every little thing. But, and I think I mentioned it before, at least on one of the preseason programs that we had, was that when I was watching the Sharks bench last year against Vegas, the Vegas guys were whooping it up for each other and they were yelling and they were screaming and high-fiving and stick-tapping and all the different things. And the Sharks bench was silent. 
I mean, it was silent. It was weird watching. It was like, what is going on right now? And listen, like I said before, they were losing. But you just wondered what on earth was going on because we've seen it before with the Sharks that they have a, a good vibe in the dressing room or guys are getting along and they're playing to their ability and looking more like the team. We expect them to look and it was just, it was weird last year. And I couldn't see it to the extent that whether or not it would have been amplified like that in 2019, 2020, because they played in full arenas and you can't hear and see things the same way because there's a lot more to take your eyes off the way the team is on the bench. But that was something that I saw last year. And then right now, the entire dynamic is just very much different for the San Jose Sharks. And they've got to figure out what they can do to keep this rolling. Because again, there are going to be hard times coming forward. I, I do not expect this team to go 82-0. I expect them to come down to earth a little bit. But the reality check, is it going to be crashing down to earth? Or is it going to be the type of letdown that a team can handle? That you win a few and you lose a few and you get back on a good roll again. And then you're going to lose a few, but then you get back rolling again. And again, I don't think this is a team that's going to be vying for the top of the Pacific Division or the top of the Western Conference, anything like that. But the idea is to keep the Sharks in the playoff race to where they have an opportunity to get themselves in, play for something, and take strides. And if you're ahead of schedule, that's great. If guys like William Eklund, you know, keep on playing better and better. If guys, you know, like Brent Burns and Eric Carlson play to the level that we all think they're capable of playing, then it's going to be that much better and that much more fun to all be a part of because that's what we want. We want the Sharks in important big games as they get deeper and deeper into the year. And as we all know, the Pacific Division isn't exactly deep. So if you can rack up some wins right now while things are going well, just keep it rolling. Keep it rolling and keep it rolling. I mean, that's the Sharks' job right now is try to keep this good vibe going as long as they can. And then... When they do get derailed, I mean, make sure everything doesn't come off the tracks. Make sure it's just minor. Make sure you don't get into a long slide like you did last year when you were in the hunt, and then suddenly you lost eight games in a row. That was bad, for lack of a better term. And it just kind of poured on to what was already a difficult situation where the Sharks were just desperately trying to keep their heads above water. And then it all just came pouring down on top of them and suddenly they were out of it and they still had a lot of games to play. And yeah, I mean, that's not, that's not fun for anyone. That's not, that's not good for Logan Couture. It's not good for Bob Bugner. It's not good for Sharks fans. That wasn't fun. Uh, but you get a feeling watching Aiden Hill play the way he played through the first two games that when he's going to start, you feel like he's going to give you a chance to win. And that's all Bob Bugner was asking for of his goalies last year. It's like, give us a chance to win. We'll back you up. And too often, the Sharks didn't get that. And that's, listen, that's how it goes. Sometimes you're, it's just a bad situation. It's not working out. But now, maybe you're looking at a situation where your goalies are going to consistently give you a chance to win. And if that's the case, then the dynamic shifts even more in favor of the Sharks. Because it's like I've consistently said, you have a core of players here that I don't think anyone in the NHL is going to consider a problem. It's just getting those guys to play at their maximum level and play to their ceilings as opposed to not playing for their ceilings. And again, many, many mitigating factors, but that's just what we saw with the Sharks last year. Guys didn't play to their ability, and they hurt for it. The only guy that did play to his ability was Caden, uh, Vander Kane. He had, he had the best year of his career, or was on pace to if it had been an 82-game season. He was not the problem. He may have been part of a different type of problem, but his effort on the ice and everything that he was bringing game in, game out was flawless. It was everyone else seemingly that was having trouble around him. Here's Bugner on Aiden Hill. 
you know, he's, he's come up with some big, uh, uh, big saves and, uh, you know, what I love about it, he's into the game. He's in between, you know, on the bench and, uh, TV timeouts and, you know, he's, uh, he's worried about getting everybody else going. He's, uh, he's a leader in his own right. And then he'll himself. Yeah, it's huge. It's not just me. It's the club. So uh, we played two excellent hockey games. So both games, we've outshot the other team, outchanced them, and outplayed them. So uh, we deserve to have two wins, and uh, we do. So, yeah, it's great, and hopefully we can keep it rolling into Ottawa. And then how about Jonathan Dolan coming through with two huge goals, the first two of the game, gets the Sharks out to a massive 2 nothing lead early, just minutes into the game. Uh, phenomenal. That's exactly what you need to have. Newcomers contributing, veterans contributing, superstars contributing, Guys across the board contributing. And Dolan, again, knowing his pedigree, knowing that his dad was a shark, which just makes it that much more fun. Uh, this is all, it was pretty cool to watch, I got to admit. And he talked about his, uh, his conversation with his dad after the game. Uh, I actually gave him a call after the game. My, uh, my phone plan didn't have Canada, so I had to find some Wi-Fi. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I, yeah, it's, I've been calling him after every game almost since I was, I don't know, 10. So, so uh, I gave him a call after this one, too, and it was, it was pretty fun. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, obviously, because his dad, you know, played for the Sharks and gets to go make a call and talk to him about the success he had and his first two NHL goals. You know, it's... It's awesome. I mean, that that's a uh, it's Disney-esque in a way, uh, but it just lends itself to the feel-good vibe around the Sharks right now, which again, big picture, this didn't happen last year. Big picture, the Sharks never had much to really feel good about because they just, you know, they were win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game, and they kept their heads above water after that first road trip, and they came home, they couldn't really find sustained success, and they hung around and stayed in it, but it just... You know, nothing was ever really clicking for the Sharks last year. And I'm sure that on the heels of what we saw the year before in 2019-2020, when there was clearly a letdown after making yet another deep run into the Stanley Cup playoffs and the loss of a captain, I'm sure the baggage of two years of things not feeling very good to have success early on in this season with two wins right off the bat. Because like I said, I think it took until game number four in the 2019-2020 season. And then last year, it was the weird training camp in Arizona, then up, down, up, down, up, down. They weren't even getting regulation wins. That's the other thing. They were overtime wins. And I know that people might get tired of the comparisons to last year, but there's no other reference point. You have to look at last year and say, okay, what did we see? When we last got an extended look at the Sharks, what were the problems? What were the issues? What was the night-in, night-out product on the ice and it wasn't like this for a number of reasons and in a number of identifying aspects of what we see from the team and you know the vibe is a good one here's logan couture talking about his line yeah team was playing so well and dolls is such a smart player easy to play with um i think we read really well off each other team and i have obviously played together for a long time you know just when he's when he's like this just trying to get him the puck as much as i, I can and he usually makes good things happen with it i mean he drove guys wide he shot the puck there's a few chances where he hit knobs in the goalie's shoulder so he could have easily had three tonight as well so it was a fun night and then another thing we have to look at with the san jose sharks is the fact that kevin lebanc has picked up a point in each of the games he's got a goal and an assist and this is more indicative of the overall growth that they needed from him. They invested in Kevin LeBanc. They expected him to be better last year. He was not. But we all know there's a lot of capability there. After the season last year, when he went and played at the World Juniors, I thought that he looked really, really good and really, really comfortable out there. And I listen, we all know the, the talent level is not the same, and it's not clearly not the NHL, but 
you see the creativity, you see the potential, and you want that to be more of the consistent product that we get from the San Jose Sharks on the ice. And that includes Kevin LeBanc playing to his capabilities. And that includes Timo Meyer playing to his capabilities while getting established stars like Carlson, like Burns, like Couture, like Hurdle. It's all part of what the team needs going forward. But the true test of what this team is, is what happens when they do run into better teams, when they get a loss, when they get a couple of losses, what is it going to do? How is it going to impact the vibe? And that's something I keep on coming back to because right now everything's rolling along just fine. And that's not going to continue because they're just not that good. At least they haven't proven to me that they are that good. Obviously things change and teams adapt. And I, you know, I joked about it with Drew Remenda. I said that you point to the San Francisco Giants. I said it's a lazy cross sport reference, but clearly guys can play to their level. And when that happens, good things happen. You shouldn't count on every single player playing to their ceiling every single night. That's why it takes an entirety of a team. And that's why you want different guys scoring from one night to the next. Or it's not that, he, I mean, you don't care if the same guy scores every night. That would be great. But you don't want to get into a situation where if one player isn't doing, there's nobody else that can get it done. You want to have players that feel capable of knowing that if they don't have a great night, that somebody else is out there to pick them up, that they don't need to do it all on their own, that, you know, a different line or a different goalie or different defenseman, whatever it's going to be, that they are going to pick each other up, that they are going to be there as a team. And the good thing about the Sharks right now is that two games or through two games, I should see, they are the ones making the other team react. They fell behind Winnipeg in game number one, but they came storming back and got Winnipeg on their heels. And then Montreal, for a little bit of the game last night, was only good at pitting them in their own end a couple of times. Most of the game, they were reacting to what the Sharks were doing. So all in all, two games, two wins, two impressive performances. Everything feels good right now, and you got to see how long it can last. But that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. The Sharks... Keep busy Thursday afternoon against the Senators on the road. That one gets underway at 4. Then I'll be back with you on Friday morning for Morning Tide. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.